This episode is brought to you by Catan. This summer looks a bit different than most summers. We're staying at home for the most part, and we're finding ourselves looking for new activities to enjoy at home. Catan is a board game for three to four players, ages 10 and up, although younger kids can play with adult guidance. It is a great way to keep families engaged in off screens, even if it's just for a little while. And those opportunities are hard to come by. And it's really easy to pick up. Get Catan at CatanShop.com slash mom. Listeners of our podcast get 10% off the original base game Catan by using the promo code mom at checkout. Offer not good on other Catan titles or merchandise. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Hey, this is Bridget. And this is Emily. And you're listening to Stuff Mom Never Told You. And on today's show, we're dealing with a topic you might have a little bit of firsthand info about, and that is Bush. No, not our former president. We're talking pubic hair. (laughs) That's right. Buckle up. It's going to be even more interesting, I think, than if we were to do a podcast on George Bush. George H.W. Bush? Both of the Bushes. Any of them. We're talking about a lot of different Bush today. Just Bush in general. (laughs) Sophia, George, all of them. All the Bushes. Um, So this is a topic that I have a lot of personal connection to. Uh, If you've ever seen me in a tank top, you probably already know the drill. I don't really do a lot of body hair grooming, and I don't feel the need to apologize for that. Mm. Was that always the case for you, Bridget? Um, yeah. It's interesting because a lot of people assume that I don't do a lot of body hair grooming because I'm a super ultra mega radical feminist. Mm-hmm. And I actually let them think this. So when people are like, <laughs> man, you and those hairy armpits, you are such a radical feminist. I'm like, I know. I really, I really am. I feel like this is a continuation of the question. Is my hair a feminist statement? It is. This is like a part two of that episode in a lot of ways. Body hair edition. Body hair edition. So we're talking about body hair down there and armpits, leg hair, you name it. You name it. And I think for myself, my body hair choices, I actually don't think of them as like political feminist choices. I oftentimes let people think that if it makes me seem cooler. (laughs) But in actuality, I'm pretty lazy. Um, I have very sensitive skin. I grew up in a household where shaving just wasn't a huge part of the culture. Like, my mom used to tell me that if you have dark skin, you don't need to shave your body hair. And I just sort of took that as fact. I said, oh, okay, that's um, one of those rules of life that I am uh, that I will absorb and make my own. Stuff your black mom never yes, told you. That's this one of those. This was a, <laughs> a nugget from episodes. my black mom. Yes, yes. I love it. Um, and also, I went to, you know, I went to all-girls high school where leg shaving and really just general hygiene was not a huge part of our day-to-day. As we talked about on the school uniform. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So all of those things kind of added up. And also, I think I once thought about it and I thought, gee, if I'm not that into shaving my armpits, shaving my legs, all of that, I if, if it takes maybe 10 minutes to do it and you do it every other day, that actually adds up. That's like, what? A lot of time. Like an hour a week. I think about that every time I do my makeup. Yeah. How, how much time do you spend on it? Because like a lot of these personal grooming choices, you have to weigh the cost of the time you spend grooming yourself with what you could be doing otherwise. How you could be learning or growing or 
growing your network or something in some other capacity, anything you could be doing with your time. But I feel like this issue, just like makeup, comes down to personal preference. When is it empowering versus when is it patriarchy? Absolutely could not agree more. For me, it was like, oh, am I going to spend an hour a week to basically give myself a rash? No, thank you, because uh, my skin's very sensitive. But I actually have a lot of friends who, for them, like their makeup time in the morning, that is their favorite part of the day when they do, like, where they can really express themselves and all of that. And so if it's worth it for you, if you're like, oh, yeah. this personal grooming thing, this hour a day it takes me actually makes me happy or fulfills me in some way, I said go for it. But I do think it's a, a, it comes down to where you personally draw that line. I don't think society should right. be the thing that tells you, no, you need to spend an hour a day shaving your legs, doing your makeup, if that doesn't drive with what you want to actually be doing. It's sort of like, who are you performing for? Exactly. Right? And I only use makeup as an example here, knowing it's very different than body hair. But I also sometimes feel like if I'm feeling very sick, for instance, versus if Brad the Boo's feeling very sick and looking terrible... I can put makeup all over my face and I can pretend like I'm not looking and feeling terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I almost think of it as, oh, I can I can play with this stereotype, this double standard and make it work for me. And when with body hair, tell me there was a time when someone said something to you like, whoa, you don't shave, Bridget? Like you must have gotten some shade at some point in your life when when people pushed back on your personal choice. Yeah, I have. That's that's real. Actually, in just preparing for this episode, I was sitting in my favorite bar, Red Derby, typing away on my laptop, and some chatty guy is like, oh, what are you working on? Like, doing work at a bar? Like, what, do you, what do you got there? And I said, oh, I'm researching for a podcast. And he said, what's your podcast episode going to be about? And I said, women and body hair. And in our conversation, he basically revealed, oh, this was someone who I think was flirting with me, just to be, like, clear. Right, right. Um, in this conversation, he was like, oh, if I saw a girl who didn't shave, I would never date her. And I was wearing, like, a turtleneck and jeans. So I was like, oh, well, little does he know. <laughs> Under this turtleneck, I'm very hairy. What did he think you were preparing to podcast about? Like, you know what's great, ladies? Let's all shave everything all the time just to align with this one dude's expectation. Right, well, I mean... What did he think you yeah, were going to be talking about? Exactly that. And I think uh. I've had other times, particularly when I'm wearing tank tops, where I'll lift my arms and I can... Usually people don't say anything, but I've seen people... You've seen the eye dart. Yeah, I've uh, seen oh, people uh, see it. Uh. And a lot of times when it's men, they don't know how to respond. They're like, I saw hair under an armpit. Oh my God. Their eyes go, they get very wide eyes. He's like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Yeah, don't like, say anything. I can tell they're trying not to look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're trying not to think about it, but they definitely are. How about women? Women a lot of times will say, oh cool, you don't shave your pits. Really? Like, I've actually been complimented on my armpit <laughs> hair by women. That's so funny. So last summer, I spent... Uh, just about a month, uh, up on Brad's family farm, which is the most secluded place I could think of going, which is internet free. They mm-hmm. don't even have the option of having internet. That's how like out in the middle of nowhere this place is in upstate New York because I was writing my book, which more news on that front later. But so I spent about two weeks up on the farm just getting this book out of my head, which was quite the intellectual binge of writing. <laughs> I put everything else on my business on hold for two weeks. It was awesome. And then I took my little sister, Isabel, on her week-long backpacking trip that I had organized for her as her gift for high school graduation. So she and I did a whole section of the long trail in Vermont. We went hut to hut. We carried a tent with us, but we never had to use it because we 
crushed all of our daily mileage goals and got to these like shelters, these pretty rustic lodgings in the woods hours ahead of our schedule. And so we never had to pitch a tent. But throughout the course of that entire month, I was just me and my dog and my little sister. Like that was it in terms of exposure to human beings. Um, sometime with the Boo's parents and sometime with strangers on the trail who did not give a shit about what you were shaving or not shaving. So I took that opportunity to just not shave anything for a month. And I have to say, only when I stopped shaving everything for a month did I realize, wow, it has been well over a decade since I've ever gone this long without shaving. Wow. Because I had basically started shaving after one summer camp experience when all the girls were shaving and I was like the only girl that hadn't shaved anything. Uh, and I came home from camp with no hair on my legs. I'm like, <laughs> hid it, I hid it from my mom. Wait, how old were you? I think when I was like 14. Mm. And I like hid it from my mom who would like definitely would not have approved. And then one day she found out, like she noticed while she was like forcing me into like slathering on lotion after a bath or something. She's like, you have to lotion up. You don't want dry skin. You know what I mean? And I remember feeling like I had done something really bad and I like secretly started shaving. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm almost 30 years old. I've never gone a month without shaving since I was 14. Wow. That could not be more different from my own experience. <laughs> the last time I shaved my legs was literally the White House Correspondents' Dinner of the Obama administration. <laughs> so that's that the last time it's happened. Well, to be fair, there was another time. Because I remember this came up when we were first starting to serve as co-hosts for Stuff Mom Never Told You, which was a super exciting time. Earlier this year, the network sent us on a little, like, tour of D.C. with that video team and the photographers, and you were talking about, oh, my God, I can't believe, I'm not going to, like, not shave for a photo shoot because it was summer, and arms were going to be out, and legs were going to be out, and you made the call then. Well, I shaved my pits, not my legs. Oh, right? Yeah. Were you feeling, was it, then maybe there was a conversation about, like, I'm feeling a little... Like, should I have shaved my I legs? felt like I, I was happy that I shaved my armpits, but I regretted not shaving my legs. Yes, that's yeah. what it was. I regretted it. So why? So that's the discordance that I'm curious about because yeah. there, there seems like there definitely is pressure for all women to shave. For sure. And you feel that. I feel it. When it comes to my physical, the way that I physically present, I think I've just gotten to a place where I just do what I want, right? Like, I know there's pressure. I get it. It's tough to navigate, but I think I've just sort of taken myself out of that. And I will also say that I have my eyebrows waxed and my chin, basically my entire <laughs> face waxed. Right. Uh, because I have PCOS. And if you know what that is, it means that you uh, oftentimes have a hairy face. And so if I didn't get my eyebrows waxed, I would look like Frida Kahlo. <laughs> not, that that's, that's, not that that's a bad thing. Right. She was pretty bomb. She yeah. was pretty great. She, this is polycystic ovarian mm -hmm. syndrome, right? Yeah. Which... I mean, warrants an episode of itself because so many women I know are dealing with PCOS. I saw you tweet about this on your hilarious Twitter feed. What did you say that the, the I unsolicited... Said, when you go to a salon and you're there to get your eyebrows done and the woman... All, I swear every salon they do this, they say, mustache too? Question? Like, <laughs> like it's a question. And it's not a question of, do you want your upper lip wax? It's that mustache that you have. Do you want me to take care of that? <laughs> I swear one day I'm going to say, no, I'd like the mustache styled, please. <laughs> I mean, that's just, 
I'm I'm sure your like immediate response was like mustache. Like what mustache? What are you talking about? But that's like purposefully. I think they do it. I think it's good marketing. It really, is good marketing. make you think that you have a mustache, whether or not right. you do or don't. Right. To see, oh, oh, hey, you want me to take care of that mustache for you? <laughs> For the record, I might have a little bit of a mustache. No, I, think we, I think we all do, but I mean that's the oh, thing. Man. That's the thing. If there's one thing that I want this episode to underscore is that bodies are hairy and body hair is okay. Why do we live in a society where even an advertisement for razors for women they shave an already shaved leg. Oh, they don't yeah. shave a hairy leg, even <gasps> in an advertisement for razors. Think about horror movies where the scenario is that it's the end of the world. They're being you know tailed by you know, zombies or living out in the woods, whatever. Where are these women finding time to shave their pits? You just Ever think blew about that? my mind. We Bridget. live in a world that doesn't even illustrate that body hair for feminine identified folks is a thing. And that's wild. That's bonkers. It's really, it really is. It's when you start seeing it, it's everywhere. You just blew my mind with the shaving commercials. Think about it. They shave already shaven legs. And that, that's how unusual it is to see body hair in society, that they For shave yeah. a, a, a already shaved leg. You can't even show a hairy leg in a goddamn razor commercial. <laughs> well, it just goes to show you how uncomfortable the world is with hairy women. Yeah. It's hard out there for us hairy ladies. Well, it's like so unpalatable. It's like they can't. This isn't something that can be seen, really? Deal with it. Body hair. Body hair. Deal Deal with with it. it. (laughs) But you'd actually be surprised. I mean, particularly when it comes to pubic hair, that attitude is a little bit of an anomaly, saying, you know, I'm going to just have my hair the way I want it and people can just deal with it. We'll dive more into the statistics on why that is after a quick break. Got to tell you about Best Fiends. It's the game pretty much everybody's talking about. Morgan number two plays it sometimes before we start the show. You know, it really challenges your brain with the fun puzzles, but it's also a very casual game, so it won't stress you out, which is perfect these days, right? What's great is you can use the game as a way to connect with your friends and your family, all while social distancing. The game is so much more than your average mobile puzzle game. It's five-star rated with over 100 million downloads, thousands of fun levels, and tons of characters to collect. You know, there are new in-game challenges and events every month, so the game's always fresh. You'll never be bored with it. You can even play the game without using Wi-Fi. So, here we go. You don't want to miss out on the game. Join millions of Americans and a lot of us here on the show who are already playing this fun puzzle game. Download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play today. Just go over there, hit download Best Fiends for free, Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Friends Without the R, Best Fiends. Check it out. I do think you'll like it. Friends Without the R, Best Fiends. This episode of Stuff I Never Told You is brought to you by Catan. This summer looks a lot different than most. We're staying at home for the most part, and many events we usually look forward to are canceled. We find ourselves looking for new activities to enjoy at home. Catan is a board game for three to four players ages 10 and up, although many younger kids can play with initial adult guidance. It's a great way to keep families engaged and off screens, even if it is just for a little while. And those opportunities are hard to come by. Unlike the roll your dice, move your mice games, this is a little different. What are your experiences? The first time I played Catan was at our office game night. 
And it was so fun. It was quick to pick up. It was easy. It was social. We made it really competitive because we're a competitive group, but you don't have to. And what I thought was just going to be a, a short game among friends turned into an epic game night that we shall remember forever. <laughs> hours we played. Hours. And uh, yes, I lost, but I had fun. You had fun. <laughs> well, obviously, it keeps you really social. And like you said, it is really easy to pick up, which is really nice right now. This year is the 25th anniversary of Catan. Get Catan at catanshop.com slash mom. Listeners of the podcast get 10% off the original base game Catan by using the promo code mom at checkout. Offer not good on other Catan titles or merchandise. And we're back. And we were just talking a little bit about how body hair is so unpalatable in our culture. We really don't even really see it. So how did we get here? Well, as it turns out, Bridget, body hair removal wasn't really that big of a deal until the 1940s, at which time bathing suits started to get a little smaller. Instead of the complete coverage, uh, as we know... In the nipples episode, really, men and women's bathing suit trends came up there, too. As more of our bodies were on public display, hair removal, not only on legs, but along the bikini line, became more of a concern. And we promised y'all at the top of this episode we were going to be talking about Bush. Embrace yourselves, because here it comes. That's when having no body hair on your bikini line became associated with femininity and being presentable in public on beaches. So that's when people really started to be concerned with the appearance of their bikini line. But really, not much was going on underneath that bikini in terms of hair removal until later on. Yeah, women tended to still have pretty full hair, despite the fact that they trimmed their bikini lines to get into these much smaller bathing suits. Ladyscaping. Ladyscaping. A little bit of that was going on. Yeah. And in the 1970s, if you've ever picked up a, and dusted off an old Playboy, you know that full bush was king for a long... Queen, I should say. <laughs> full bush reigned strongly, uh, especially in the 70s. By the time that 1972's iconic porno Deep Throat came out, women still tended to be as hairy as men between their legs. Which, as someone who has seen that movie, I can confirm there is a lot of hair. Uh, there's also, like, mustaches and, like, curly froze. There's a lot of hair. It's, it's a like, hairy movie. It was movie. also a very chest hair time. Like, I feel like the 70s were all about, you know, hippie chic. I almost think about the musical hair, right? Like, this was a time when hair was celebrated, when au natural makes today's organic movement look really uptight. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. It wasn't until 1974 that things changed a little bit. That year is when you had Hustler Magazine publishing their first quote-unquote pink shot. Weird name. I've never heard that term until this episode. I had never heard it either, but it's one of those terms that as soon as you hear it, I knew exactly what they meant without even finishing the sentence. I said, pink shot. All right, I get, I get, what, they're, I get what they're insinuating there. Got it. Um, and in case you have not picked up on that, that was the first entirely pubic hair-free woman in Hustler. Still today, pubic hair grooming is very much in in the United States. According to a study published by researchers from UC San Francisco's Department on Obstetrics, Gynecology, and Reproductive Sciences and Department of Urology, women here in the United States increasingly are grooming their pubic hair for cosmetic purposes. But this trend seems to appear amongst specific demographics of women, in particular, young 
white women. Yeah, so my mom was kind of right on this one. <laughs> Way to was. go. Stuff your black mom ever told you, right <laughs> on the money. Uh, white women are more likely to remove their pubic hair. So are younger women and more educated women. And they're more likely to report that they are grooming if they feel that this is what their partner wants. What is your theory behind this? Because I'm sure you have one. Like, I have my own. But what do you think is the reason behind younger, whiter, more educated? I don't know. That's a great question. I do think it has something to do with how we're raised. I think back to my mom just sort of casually saying, if you have dark skin, you don't need to shave anything. People really can't even see the hair. I think that's part of it. I also think that uh, it has to do with peer groups. Like, it didn't surprise me when you said that you first started shaving your legs when you went to summer camp, being in a, you know, a bunk or what have you with a bunch of girls your same age and sort of picking up on the fact that, oh, 14-year-old girls shave their legs. Yeah, yeah. This, it was sort of this rite of passage. But instead of me having that moment with my mom, I was the weird girl, like in sixth grade, who didn't have a sports bra on when you went to change a gym. You know, my mom was so laissez-faire. She was a total hippie about everything. But I never got the memo, and I always felt like kind of left out. You know, so it was definitely a peer pressure situation when it came to shaving. But I think this has a lot to do with privilege. Because, A, pubic hair maintenance is expensive as hell. Uh Brazilian bikini waxing, expensive as hell, right? And on top of that, like, we know, we all know shaving down there is not the best. It's not the most advised situation with ingrown hairs and whatnot. So I just think that, I don't know, I, when I, when I read younger, whiter, and more educated, I was like, those are the times in your life, like young, white, more educated women are the ones who are going to justify that kind of an expense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm young. I haven't thought about budgeting for my retirement yet. I'm more educated, so I might have more privilege going for me in terms of income. And I'm white, so all of the above times a bunch. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel like there's a bit of performative privilege that goes into maintaining your pubic hair as being an important thing. Yeah, I think that's probably right. And I think that even just buying a razor if you're a woman can be more expensive than it is if you're a man because it's pink, so it has to cost, you know, X amount yeah. more. Um, I think there's something to that. I just think it's one of those things where from an early age, I was not socialized that body hair grooming was an important thing to worry about in the scheme of things. And I think that it's interesting that a lot of my classmates because we were all girls at an all-girls school, also didn't shave. But I wonder if I had been in a public school, a co-ed school, things would have been different. I distinctly remember in my public high school, there was this like weird rumor that I don't know why any of us were talking about this, but somehow it had gotten around. This is like back in the day when every sex act was so new to us as like, this was probably middle school, actually, not even high school, that like anytime anyone hooked up in any capacity, it like became the gossip fodder of the next Monday morning. And I remember hearing this story of this guy who was dating this girl in our public school asking her if she would take care of the hair because they were hooking up and he wasn't into like her bush. And that somehow became like public knowledge in my high school that she had to clean it up down there, you know, for the sake of his preference. If that's you and you're listening, please call into the show. I have so many questions. No, <laughs> please don't. Don't, don't, don't. I'm so embarrassed that I ever heard that about you. But yes, 
I mean, it, that really does jive with the research that men are much more likely than women to ask their partner or expect their partner to do that kind of grooming. So her experience, as mortifying as that sounds, actually jives with some of the things that we've seen in the research around this issue. According to the study from the Journal of Sexual Medicine, both men and women prefer a partner who does a little maintenance down there, but men are much more likely to prefer a partner who removes all body hair. 60% of men prefer a partner that is hair-free compared to 24% of women who prefer a hair-free dude. Wow. And it's important for us to point out that this was a survey of a 1,000 people who were mostly heterosexual and mostly white. So, you know, they're not really taking into consideration same-sex couples' experiences. But it's interesting that, first of all, 24% of women prefer a dude that's fully shaved. Interesting. Oh, I have the... Oh, <laughs> I almost don't want to say this because I know that the... Per- all right, I almost don't want to say this because the person that I'm talking about listens to the show, uh, and I'm sure that he will recognize himself in this anecdote, so sorry that I'm telling a bunch of people. Uh, but he told me that he grooms completely down there because he thinks it makes him look bigger. Oh, that's definitely a thing. You think so? Yeah. Well, I think that's definitely a assumption, right? It's like a way to play um, like visual tricks. <laughs> <laughs> like an optical illusion? <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god, there's no hair. It's huge. It's enormous. <laughs> exactly. Works every time. I can really get the scope of how big it is without the hair. <laughs> and you know what, Bridget? I think this is a hundred percent to do with porn. So basically, the authors of this study found that the prevalence of fully waxed women in pornography are linked to the prevalence of waxing amongst younger, whiter, more educated women. In fact, they found that women younger than the age of 24 were significantly more likely to have opted for a Brazilian or a full shave, particularly if they were white and college educated. That doesn't surprise me at all. And I've often wondered about the ways that porn has really influenced how we see how men and women are supposed to look down there. Yeah, I wonder if you think, do you think it has anything to do with the recency of your pubic hair. You know what I mean? Like, when you're younger, the majority of your life was spent without hair down there. And now you're, like, in your early 20s just getting used to it still? Or, like, later in your teens or just getting used to it? And haven't fully gotten to the point, like you said at the top of this episode, I've just taken myself out of that, you know, public expectation. It's almost like you've gotten to know your own body better. Right. You respect how your own body wants to show up in this world. You know, and you're not going to hold yourself up to a standard of what you see in porn, for starters, or some weird, warped version of a youthful girl who doesn't have any hair down there. I don't know if that, I wonder if that's linked as well. Well, actually, that's a perfect segue into something that I found really fascinating from this topic, which is shame. According to the research, shame can sometimes have a lot to do with why a woman chooses to groom down there or not. According to something called the Female Genital Self-Image Scale, or the FGSIS, which is a scale put together by researchers from the University of Indiana and the University of Texas, the drive to groom one's pubic area can be linked to shame for women. According to one of the researchers from the University of Indiana, she writes, there's this very real sense of shame if you don't have your genitals prepared. I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. Would you like, feel, do you, I, I'm on the road for a week at a time. I don't shave at all. And then the night before I come home, I'll shave my body. You know what I mean? It's definitely performative still. So I just want to make it clear that I don't think that makes me a bad feminist. But there's also an angle to this, which is like, 
fully aware that it, there's a performative component to body hair. As women, I think that we are taught to be ashamed about a lot of our body. Yeah, totally. Smells, hairs, moles, freckles, like all kinds, like all kinds of things we are taught to be ashamed of. And so I, I almost wonder if it's this internal thing where when you don't, when you aren't groomed, it's just internalized that there has to be some sort of shame linked with that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to be fair, I kind of was amazed with my own body after that month on the farm. I was like, whoa, check this out, Brad. <laughs> and I met up with him after really being apart for like four weeks. And I was like, dude, look at the hair under my armpits right now. Like, look at my legs. I, I was sort of like fascinated, which I'm sure is not the intent if that's like your default. So I hope that doesn't sound... No, I annoying. mean, I was just like amazed at my own body. I was like, check this out, dude. Yeah. When you let stuff grow, it's kind of surprising how, how my, how your garden grows. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Something I found really sad from the research that they did out of the University of Indiana on what they call the genital self image scale. One of the researchers recalled that she was talking about body hair with a group of students. And during one of her class discussions, a male student said he had never seen pubic hair on a woman in real life and that he, if he ever came across it, he would walk out the door. Ew. So, again, I think this idea of what we see in porn, what we see in media, shame, it all kind of gets into one kind of untangleable ball that leads to having people not even sort of recognize body hair as a thing that grows on our bodies. Yeah, for women. For women, to be very and clear. And it's so gendered. Yeah. That sucks. The other thing that was really sad about that scale is the link that researchers found between women's feelings about their own genitals, that sort of self-image in that region of our bodies, being directly linked to their enjoyment of sex. Wow. So if you're not feeling good about how you're presenting down there, based on all of these unrealistic expectations in porn or wherever then you're going to enjoy sex less. And that's sad. Because even when I don't feel like the sexiest version of myself, you don't want that to get in the way of your enjoyment of the act itself. But I feel like it definitely does. Yeah. And I I guess that's to be expected because even as someone who doesn't really do a lot of body hair grooming, if if I'm not feeling my best in other ways, I can see that getting in the way. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you shake off the hair expectations? I'm so curious. Like, that never was I think, a beef for you. Yeah, it never really was a beef for me. I think, a, <laughs> I think a big part of it is that the kinds of people who end up being near my body in an intimate way have never brought it up. So I honestly, this sounds, I've told people this and it sounds wild. I don't think, particularly with my legs, I don't think anyone's even ever really noticed that I don't shave my legs. I don't think it's ever even come up in that way. And so I think, one, I think my mom is kind of right that I do have dark skin and I have dark hair. And so you really, you have to get very up close and personal to see, oh, that person has hairy legs. My armpits, it's a little clearer, but um, yeah, I think I just really, that's such a good question. That's such a good question. I just think it's pretty inspiring that you are like... I don't care. Yeah. Deal. I think at a certain point, I realized I have a... Actually, I know exactly what it is. If you go back... I I, I bring her up on the podcast a lot because she's one of my idols, but Solange Knowles has this great thing that she did when she shaved her head. And people were like, you had such beautiful hair. Why did you shave it? Blah, blah, blah. And she just said, you know, I have so much stuff that I care about in my life. And I have a finite amount of energy that I can devote to things. And 
I want to devote that energy to things that are not my hair. And that's just the way it is. And I think that for me, that thing was body hair. You know, I already cared so little about it. And I already knew that the, the act of shaving is physically uncomfortable for me. Like I get a rash. My skin's already very sensitive. And I just thought, you know, I'm not going to dedicate my finite energy into giving a shit what anybody thinks about this. And the kind of people who would be touching my legs and touching my body in an intimate way, those are the kind of people who probably wouldn't give a shit either. So it just sort of worked out that the kind of people who I would want to present my body in a particular kind of way that we tend to be on the same page about. It's kind of a prerequisite. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're the, if, like if you're, if you're the guy who I met at Red Derby, well, was, <laughs> actually I told him to listen to the podcast. He's yeah. going to listen and be like, what the hell? You, you were never going to get there, dude. You were not eligible. Also, he was like barking up the wrong tree in so many different ways. <laughs> like total waste of time, but thanks for the drink though. <laughs> sound so awful um mm, it was for research it was for research it purposes. was for research uh, so yeah i just think it was one of those things where i said it just wasn't worth yeah. investing the energy in and i already have so many things that i want to be investing my energy into and whether or not my legs are shaped is not one of them i honestly think that's why the research points out that younger women who have a little bit more privilege in some ways are more likely to be removing all hair because yeah. of that Conclusion alone is something that takes a little while to come to. So I haven't always been a hairy feminist. In right. college, I would shave from time to time. Even in college, I think I was more likely to sort of feel like I needed to shave in order to compete with the girls who were my age who were shaving. Like, that was the first yes. time that I was around a lot of white women who were my same age. That was the first time that I realized it was unusual to not shave. This was also, the, my first year of college was an awakening for me in a lot of ways in that I had mostly been around women the entire time, yeah. and so I didn't realize that people wore things other than pajamas in public. I didn't realize that, you know, you're supposed to shave your legs. I didn't realize, and I didn't realize that that was, I just, all of this was new to me. And so I was, for the first time, kind of grappling with how you presented as a woman or how you were expected to present as a feminine person. And so college, I did feel a little bit weird about it. And I also think it was more associated with being like, oh, I'm a feminist. I'm like a radical person. And in college, I was very radical. And just in college, <laughs> I've always, you know, <laughs> you know, but I think in college, it was much more part of my yeah. identity. Yeah. I think these days, for me, like, if you're not a little bit radical, I'm like, oh, like, like, pass yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> in college it was much more part. like i was like yeah. the radical girl on campus whereas these days like everybody i think is like the radical yeah, person whether you look it or not well i feel like you live in that bubble correct yeah that's to what, be that's, fair that's thank you that's you exactly, live in a very radical bubble bridget. Yes. <laughs> bridget todd radical bubble dweller <laughs> i feel like i'm babbling but you get what i'm saying yeah, right absolutely. like at the time I was the radical feminist, and so the fact that I didn't shave a ton ah. was, like, part of my identity in a way that I, is not now. Got and it. again, because it's, because I am in a little bit of a lefty feminist bubble, it just means less. Yeah, it's less salient. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. And actually, now that you mention it, thinking about it, another reason why I probably didn't shave that much in college and it felt different is because I grew up hearing that not shaving and having a pubic hair was good for your sexual health. And this was a message that I internalized very early on, that you had pubic hair for a reason. My mom used to always say, uh, you have hair for a reason, and you don't want to get rid of it if it's put there, you know, 
by, by God. nature, by God, right? So <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, what is Mama Todd actually saying here? I think there's a God reference I, my mom coming. Is, my mom is, is there a is, biblical verse for this there one too? Has to be. My mom is. A, I tell, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter the situation. My mom is a Bible verse that fits. Sometimes they're made up, but <laughs> I, I swear I've heard her quote Spider Man, and I'm like, that's not scripture. That's Spider Man. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but yeah, so I grew up thinking that not shaving was good for your sexual health. And actually, there's some debate on whether or not that's true. Right. So what's interesting is Emily Gibson, a family physician who blogs at Barnstorming, says that removing pubic hair can come with sexual health risks because hair, quote, protects against friction that can cause skin abrasion and injury, protecting from bacteria and other unwanted pathogens. So that's exactly what I grew up thinking. I grew up thinking that your pubic hair was like the last line of defense yeah. from nasties getting into your vag, right? So for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> Is that phrase, the scientific term? That's the medical term. If you look at a medical yeah, dictionary, nasties. nasties in your vag. In your vag. Is the Mm -hmm. accepted medical nomenclature. Not to mention, she goes on to say that like removing pubic hair irritates and inflames the hair follicle, which we all know. When it comes to removing pubic hair, even though a lot of people, according to the research, do opt to shave as opposed to waxing, shaving, at least for me, is not a very pleasant experience. No, it's not. And I think that's where the whole waxing world gets its revenue stream, frankly. But that's not pleasant either. Nothing about hair removal down there is pleasant. But you've got to know you're like, you've got to keep your razors rotating. I'm a disposable razor person now. I used to have fancy razors, but now I'm like, I don't want any razor touching my body that is not pretty new. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just going to gather bacteria. You're going to get more ingrown hairs, more likelihood of infection. And all of that is just the worst. So the one time that I tried professional waxing, I had a Groupon and it was one of those things where I hemmed and hawed. I was like, do I do it? It's half off. I may as well try it. Why not? Budget wax. I know. First of all, if you ever want to, like of all the things to not get cheap on, waxing's probably (laughs) high on the list. Probably Waxing and like Lasix eye surgery—two things you you don't want to cheap out on. Like pay the yeah. pay what it costs. Yeah, I go to the salon. It's my first time. Keep in mind, I barely even ever shave. Oh, Bridget! It's my first time doing it. Everyone is like, "Oh, it's not that bad, not that bad." This was when the trend was. Uh, I'm dating myself a little bit. This is when the trend was those super low rise jeans. Remember those? I've seen photos oh. on your like Throwback Thursday post. Yeah, of this. I was. Oh, so sad. It's so oh, okay. sad. It's like. <laughs> Why? Why did we think those jeans were a good idea? I don't know, but there was like so much back showing. Yes, I, I mean, was like, my where vul- is this your, like midriff coming from? Your vulva had to be out, basically. Yeah. Your vul- Our vulvas were out in the early 2000s. Go yes. back and look. It was the trend. It's true. And so I had this a- This is Christina Aguilera's fault. Yes. Yeah, it is. So I had a coupon for a, a spa or a salon to get waxed, and I had never done it before. I go in. I'm like, is this going to hurt? She says- Oh, it's going to feel like a quick pinch. I say, fine. Lies. She, she does the one side. I am on fire. <laughs> Did you, like, pass out? I'm, I saw stars once. I, like, it, I have, it was a pain, <laughs> a searing, red-hot pain of a thousand suns, the likes of which I have never experienced ever in my life, and I hope never to experience again. Here's the kicker. She did one side. I was, like, done. I can't <laughs> You're go like, through Alice. this. And she was like, you're going to be... Very hairy on one side and not hairy on the other. And I said, fine. So I was, ha- I left half done. I just couldn't, I couldn't go through with it. Also, I wanted to, I just realized something in the middle of the story. This is the second very 
specific story I've told about my own body parts. So I'm sorry. Grab the tzatziki. It's coming back. It's coming back. Seems to come up a lot. Um, but yeah, this is so, the second time you've made me basically cry on air, <laughs> laughing about your vagina. That's, that's, I know, that's like the third, the third co-host of this podcast. Is my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> like third character who comes up sometimes. Oh. Um, okay, let's take a quick break. But when we come back, we have to finish talking through this medical research on whether or not shaving is actually good for your sexual health. This episode is brought to you by Arches and Halos. Between being on video calls all day, having to wear masks everywhere, and now using our eyes and only our eyes to smile at people, it feels like the main thing people notice now are our eyes. Arches and Halos is our favorite brow products that is so easy to find, pick up, and with a few quick steps, have the most amazing brows ever. They have professional quality products at the perfect price point. Celebrity makeup artists use Arches and Halos because of how well done the formulas are, and they are half the price of department store brands. They have eight color shades to choose from, everything from sunny blonde to auburn to charcoal. Everyone is represented. They cater to women and men of all brow shapes and sizes. Embrace your natural brow. And they're all about individuality. Brow tools for all looks and style needs. You can use for dramatic or natural look. They have an amazing range of products, too, from tweezers, razors, pencils, pomade, mousses, gels, all kinds of things. Find Arches and Halos on your next trip to Target and Walgreens. Arches and Halos, professional brow grooming. Be bold, be you. This episode is brought to you by Chinette. The Chinette brand provides premium disposable tableware to celebrate moments of togetherness. Yes, and right now that is more important than ever, especially when we're all apart. So recently I had a group and we had a, a socially distanced barbecue where the host drew out circles and chalk that were nice. six feet apart. And everyone showed up with their own chairs and beverages. And it was really convenient to have disposable products. And we we just had a, a lovely conversation. Um, it was really fun. Yeah. And I'm with the disposable products, I know that the China brand provides durable and trusted products, which I have used before, that let you enjoy every moment of the get-togethers and traditional or now not. And there are classic white products that can work for any gathering or cut crystal plates and cups when you want to make something a little extra special. Disposable tableware keeps things simple and cleanup easy. Chinette products are available wherever you buy groceries, including delivery or pickup. And we're back. We were just getting into some of the medical research on whether or not Shaving is good for you, bad for you. Talking about why waxing is the most painful thing I've ever experienced and why it should be avoided because it hurts like a mother. Um, yeah, so... But here's the thing. The medical community is a little bit divided on the health benefits or lack thereof when it comes to hair removal. And I wonder what you think about this, Bridget, because other medical professionals say that pubes can be a breeding ground for bacteria themselves. I have heard that before. Um, I don't know. It's a good question because I've heard it both ways, right? That you need pubes because it creates a barrier for things that could get into your vagina and make you sick. I've heard that it can be a, breed a breeding ground for those very same things. Yeah. So Dr. Wendy Askew, who's quoted in the women's health piece on this, says, there's no question that being hair free in that area is cleaner simply because of the fact that hair does provide bacteria. But does cleaner mean better, necessarily? I mean, 
I don't think fear of pubic lice or crabs is a good reason to shave <laughs> all your body hair. You know what I mean? Like, real protection is better, right? Yeah. Like, actual protection. Like, wrap it up and use barriers. Your pubic hair does not count as a barrier that they're trying to talk about in sex ed. So, I guess if we're, if we're talking about, if we're talking to the women who are you in high school right now, let's just go on the record as saying there are real ways to protect yourself, <laughs> and that is condoms and dental dams and all of those things. But it, to, to me, it feels like there are risks to shaving. There are unpleasantries associated with waxing and other ways of removing body hair. We didn't even talk about nair and the toxic chemicals that people are basically putting on their body to remove body hair. But, you know, there are clear serious medical risks with those options that I think outweigh keeping your body here. You think so? I think so. Yeah. And again, I think I've said this earlier on the show. If this episode does anything, I hope that it underscores that it really should be a personal weighing of what you think is important versus what's not. And I think if you think that, you know... Well, what's what, what's comfortable for Exactly, you? exactly. And it has to do with your own, what is that scale? Your self-vaginal experience scale or whatever it is, right? Like, yeah. your own self-image of your body in terms of hair. Like, do you feel good having body hair? Then great, keep it around. Do you feel better with some grooming or a whole lot of grooming? Then that's on you, too. Just make sure you're not performing for somebody else all the time. That's think, no fun. Yeah, and I think for me as a as a hairy feminist, <laughs> I think it's okay it, it's okay to be hairy. Choosing to not shave doesn't have to be some heavy choice. It certainly isn't for me. Um and that's okay. I mean, I think women should just own their grooming choices. I was going to say that you shouldn't be making your personal grooming choices because of your partner. But I guess if that's how you get down, maybe that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me of the shoot we did together. Like, you didn't want to deal with being the one with Harry Pitts on our photo shoot. Yeah. Right? And you you made that choice. You decided based on the audience and your own, you know, goals for that shoot to not have Harry Pitts. And I think that, A... This audience and I would love you with Harry Pitts all the same. We should go back and digitally add hair to those images. <laughs> we should. We'll get right on that. No, but it, I think it is, it's a tricky one. And I think what you're saying, which I wholeheartedly agree with, is that nobody should feel feminist shame or like a bad feminist for, you know, not keeping their body hair around. Yeah. Obviously, we live in a society where the choice to groom or not to groom has been made very hairy by this little thing <laughs> called the patriarchy. And so I just want to acknowledge, even though for me, I don't think, think of it as like a feminist choice or a political choice. I think it's very clearly still an issue that is so gendered and so hot button. I mean, you had a Swedish model earlier this year who posed for Adidas with hairy legs and she got rape and death threats on Instagram just for having hairy legs. She actually went on Instagram to address the firestorm that her bare hairy legs got from being in this image. And she writes, me being such an abled white cis body with its only non-conforming feature being a little leg hair. Literally, I've been getting rape threats in my DM box. I can't even begin to imagine what it's like to not possess all these privileges and still try to exist in the world. And I think she's so right that even a little thing like a little bit of leg hair on someone who otherwise is 
totally gender role conforming. Correct. Is gets you rape and death threats. That should just go to show that this issue is, as much as I tend to think of it as just a personal preference that I've made for myself that isn't really this heavy political thing, it still very clearly is politicized. Well, it sounds like it's an issue men have with hairy women. Yeah. It sounds like something that men need to figure out. Because I I think you and I have talked a lot on this episode about the other women in our lives who've influenced our shaving or not shaving. And I think, really, the pressure is on not just from the actresses in pornos, but from the guys in our lives who would walk out the door when, you know, if they were confronted with a little pubic hair or or leg hair or whatever. Yeah, and honestly, reading her response on Instagram reminds me Earlier this year, I took a car trip down to uh, North Carolina to go to Ocracoke, this island off the coast of eastern North Carolina. Uh, it wasn't a vacation. I was there for one day. <laughs> I was like, uh, you, she saw my mouth like hitting the yeah, floor. Just, I was like, just what? Just for the record, I drove eight hours to spend one day, and then I drove eight Damn hours it, back. Bridget. So it was a vacation of sorts. I mean, I got a day on the beach. That's good. Okay. I got a day All on right. the beach. All yeah. right. I'll settle for that. Um, and when I, drove, when I drove down there, I was wearing my, like, basically, I was looking my most kind of like myself, I would say. I had, my hair was curly. I was wearing an oversized men's baseball hat that said power on it. I was wearing a sports bra and overalls with no shirt. I was going to call that. Yeah, I was like, oh, I thought you were going to say overalls when you said oversized. And I'm like, oh, I thought I knew you. I did. That's like my, like, I I feel like myself and I'm dressed in that kind of way. Well, your July 4 Instagram pic. Yes. That was like Bridget Todd 101. Yeah. You were like, exuding Bridget Todd. Thank you. I was. And I felt like myself. Yeah. And my pits were hairy. Right? Was that, so I remember, was that, that trip? Yeah. It was the same trip. Yeah. Oh that was like me at my most, yeah, like, most feeling like myself. I'll put the picture in the notes so folks can, they're mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? But, so, my like, regular kind of like uniform, which is a little bit gender non-specific, perhaps we'll say, um, and hairy armpits. And I'll never forget driving down to North Carolina, stopping to get gas and things, the way that I felt when men at gas stations and rest stops and diners would see my hairy armpits, I almost felt unsafe. Wow. And I, and I, I don't want to, I, I almost cringe at saying that because there are people whose gender presentation makes them very, very unsafe on a regular basis. And so I don't want to conflate the two. But the kind of responses I was getting from, you know, gas station owners and clerks on the road in eastern North Carolina was making me feel noticed in a way that I didn't like. And Mm. so I remember before getting in the car to go back to D.C., I shaved almost because I was nervous. I didn't I didn't want to feel like that again. I didn't want to feel these eyes on me in this way that felt uncomfortable. And I didn't want to as a as a woman alone, I felt uneasy about attracting that kind of attention for my body hair. Mm. And so I shaved and it was, it was, it felt like a totally performative thing. You know, I don't feel like myself when I, when right, I right. am shaved. And it just was a, a really strange consideration. Yeah. Well, it is a reminder that we can mistake what might look like a personal choice for what is very much a constrained choice. That's exactly it. That was when I realized, oh, in my radical bubble, I can say, oh, I don't shave my armpits because if I do, I get a rash and I don't really care about it. I'm kind of lazy. And have that be that. I'm very privileged to have that be the case for me in my life. That was, I don't think I recognized until that trip that that being able to feel like that's just a, you know, laissez-faire thing. I'm casual choice I'm making. 
I don't think I realized how privileged I am that that is the case for me when it's not the case for everybody. And it really shouldn't be. It's true. I mean, it's body it's like, hair. It shouldn't be a privileged thing to choose. It's it should be a choice. It's such a nothing thing. I know. Body hair is such a, a it should be such a non-issue. But here we are. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why it, it is often seen as radical. Because you, whether you realize it or not, by not shaving because that's how you feel most you, you're really making it okay for other women to do the same. Like, I think the more women who choose not to groom body hair, even if it's just once every now and then on a farm, or, you know, if I were to, like, regularly not shave, make that a real choice that's more acceptable. And I think things like the H&M campaign that just came out last year, which featured models with armpit hair, curves, and were more sort of gender fluid, I think if we can get brands on board. How about, let's start with razor commercials, people. If you want to sell us on your razor, show it taking off some actual body hair. Don't shave an already shaved leg on a commercial, which I think is just such a mind-blowing point you made earlier. We need to see in mainstream media, on runways, in magazines, and maybe if y'all could see us on this podcast, you would see it. But in more of a mainstream way, we need to see women with body hair to make that a more understandable normality. It's about normalizing. Yeah, I think we should be normalizing that grooming of body hair is a choice. And not it shouldn't we shouldn't be normalizing that grooming of body hair is a given that if you don't groom your body hair in a specific kind of way, then you're abnormal when in fact groom it, don't groom it, it should be a choice and we should be living in a world that reflects that. Yeah. Absolutely. Even if it was just like fourteen year old me at summer camp shouldn't be made to feel weird and othered. Same thing for 30-year-old me. Yeah. So, you know, if I feel like shaving this week, I will. Yeah. If I don't, do, I, I do won't. you. Yeah. <laughs> I think as feminists, it should be about choice. And I think that I choose not to shave that often. I do shave sometimes. So I don't want this to be like your vegan thing where oh, yeah. you're mostly vegan and someone's going to see you eating a hot dog and be like, that's She's not a vegan. Yeah. Like, yeah, I saw, I saw a picture of Bridget on Instagram. Her armpits were smooth. What <laughs> gives? So like, it might happen. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's on you. It's to a do choice. You. Yeah. I'd love to hear from our listeners. How has this shown up in your life? Like, do you feel pressure to be well shaven or groomed in what capacity? Have you had an adventure with the waxing salon or a budget wax? I've definitely had a group on wax myself, so I feel for you, Bridget. Um, or shaving. Like, what are the pros and cons if you were to break it down? And how do you feel or how do you react when you see a hairy woman? You know, this is stuff that we're internalizing as women, too. And most importantly, let's talk to men in our lives. Let's talk to the men who listen to this podcast. What is your actual reaction if you are finding hair down there that you were not expecting? And why do you feel that way? I, I would want to know that. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, well, I'm excited to hear from other hairy people as a hairy person myself. <laughs> uh, I'm particularly interested in people who choose to be hairy for things like weddings and proms. What's that like? My mom always asks, are you going to not shave your armpits when you get married? And I'm like, well, I don't know if I'll get married. I don't know. This is a lot of questions. Stop asking me. It's the holidays. <laughs> it always goes bad. But I'm just very curious to know for other folks what this looks like. Yeah. So hit us up on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Let's keep the conversation going over on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You. And as always, we love getting your emails at MomStuff at HowStuffWorks.com.
In this time of pandemic and revolution, do you find yourself frustrated at high levels of corruption and inequality, at our inability to get basic things done, at the persistence of systemic racism? You're not alone. I'm Baratunde Thurston, author, activist, and comedian. Our democratic experiment is at a tipping point, but which way we tip is up to us. Listen to How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you crack open an American history book, it's sure to be filled with founding fathers, bloody wars, and the inventions that brought this country to the industrial age. But there's a whole other world that waits for us in the shadows. Tales of unlikely heroes, world-changing tragedies, and legends that are unique to this country's spirit. So join me, Lauren Vogelbaum, for a tour of American history unlike any other, through a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Aaron Menke's Grim and Mild. Get ready for American Shadows. Listen to American Shadows on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.